Hi there, welcome to episode 42 of Paranormal Blip, and this is a review show. This is The Exorcist, reviewed by Stephen Returns, triumphantly through the corridors of power. See how he strides with such confidence. And um, what bird would he be if he was a bird? Probably something soaring like an eagle. Anyway, Stephen's back and we talk about The Exorcist, which is a lot of fun, great conversation. Doesn't really touch on the film much, but, you know, we talk around it as we do. Um, now, let me just get my ducks in order. Well, uh, William. <laughs> that's, my, that's my Harold impression. Um, yeah, so, okay. First of all, we're going to look at this uh, news coming out of San Marino, big news. And then we're going to go into the Exorcist uh, review featuring Stephen. And then we've got a rather tasty archive is back. Oh, yes, <laughs> because I'm still scared to read the story um, in Spinechiller. I know, I haven't read it yet. And... I, I I need to read it, but I'm not going to do it now. Um, so, you know, and I, anyway, I, I don't know what I'm going to do about it because I'm actually too scared to read it on my own. So I really don't know how to get around that. Yeah. And nobody I know is, is not scared to hear me read it. <laughs> Probably doing you a favor that I'm not reading this terrifying story. Anyway, I do hope to read it at one point, you know, some stage in my life. In my life. Now, anyway, now this is, uh, yeah, so we've got this uh, great thing with the archive. And what it is, it's a conversation that Richard Dolan has with uh, this German uh, UFO researcher or UAP researcher called Robert Fleischer. And the entire thing is absolutely brilliant. And I'm going to put it in the episode description, as you can imagine. But um, the bit that I'm going to uh, play is this absolutely extraordinary uh, case that Robert Fleischer is um, making a documentary about. It's unbelievable, okay? Um, I talk about it briefly to Stephen. And Stephen's jaw hits the floor. And so if you want to hear, you you hear that and you think, oh, my God, i got to get a bit of this. Then stick around for the archive. And, um, yeah, anyway, we better get on with it, eh? Because here, this is a big, big, long one, isn't it? We've got a long one tonight. And um, here's the blimps. So the news coming out of um, San Marino just in the last couple of days, this is the Liberation Times story on it, which I'll link in the episode description so you can read. Read along if you like. Okay, quickly go to it, open it. Yeah, you ready? Open the link. Right, you ready? Right, go. 19 Jan, Project Tyberton approved by San Marino. UFOs set to be discussed at United Nations for first time since 1978. And then there's this extraordinary picture 
of San Marino, which looks absolutely beautiful. And uh, this is Christopher Sharp writing, 19th of January, so two days ago as I record this. Today the Parliament of San Marino voted in favour to participate in Project Titan, meaning San Marino will submit a proposal to the UN for the creation of a permanent office tasked with preparation of periodic global conferences dedicated to the scientific study of UFOs, otherwise known of, as United, no, Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena, UAP. In total, 25 members voted in favour of the project, while two abstained and two voted against. The proposal will now be submitted to the UN Secretary, the UN's Secretary General, before undergoing a preliminary examination and discussion. Following this, the proposal will be submitted to a vote to the General Assembly. If successfully passed, the United Nations would run the new office, which organises periodic conferences hosted by San Marino, becoming the Geneva of global UAP studies. The conferences would be accessible to private and state-backed researchers and organisations. Um, so that's pretty good. And then um, who's responsible for this? Well, it's uh, created and managed by Paolo uh, Gisiardi on behalf of the Centro Ufologico Nazionale of Italy, also known as CUN, Italy's main ufological research organisation and the International Coalition for Extraterrestrial Research, ICER. And so this is what um, Paolo said to Liberation Times. Today the nation of San Marino has made a momentous decision, meaning the UFO phenomenon will now be discussed where it belongs. At the United Nations, the highest council of humanity. Whew, that's pretty good, isn't it? The highest council of humanity. This project is hugely important in today's world where nations are observe tra observing transmedium objects in their skies and seas against the backdrop of conflicts like in Ukraine. It's this topic which can promote positive cooperation and that we can help solve an enigma which we all face. This one topic can unite our planet and counter our tendency for conflict. And Lou Elizondo told the Liberation Times, by now it should be evident that the UAP phenomena is not only an issue for the US. Today I would like to congratulate the people of San Marino for another historic milestone in this discussion. It should be no surprise that the world's longest standing republic is now championing the UAP cause on behalf of the world. I'd also like to thank my dear friend Paolo Guzzardi and his colleagues for their tireless efforts. We have been working this issue diligently for several years and consider this a big win for all of humanity. 2023 is already turning out to be a momental, momental, monumental year for this topic and I'm proud to have been an integral part of Project Titan from its inception. Yeah. So more information. He doesn't say yes at the end, like the fonts. I added that. More the um, link. So, but that's good news though, isn't it? So, I mean, what it reminds me of is this thing that we've been kind of dancing around a little bit, haven't we? Because, um, in fact, Richard Nolan, a 
Richard Nolan, oh God, Nolan Dolan. Richard Dolan talks about this to Robert Fleischer in his excellent, um, you know, interview with Robert, um, which is definitely worth watching, linked in the episode description. They they talk about how uh, Jacques Vallée had set up a kind of, um, you know, a database of uh, cases, yep, and and how basically we write at the beginning, they don't say this, but this is what I say, okay, I say we're right at the very beginning of starting to uh, piece together these strands. I mean, even, you know, even still, um, you know, people will say things like everything's connected, but, you know, UFO podcasts don't ordinarily talk to people that have had NDEs, as an example. You know, they don't uh, normally get uh, mediums on, as an example. There's slight crossovers starting to happen, but we're all siloed, really, in a way, aren't we? Yes. There's a couple of people that are working across um, fields, if you like, uh, like, as an example, Leslie Kane, Leslie Kane is probably the best example of that as a kind of, you know, massive um, UFO researcher. <laughs> massive like Godzilla, you know, massive in stature is what I mean, not in physical size. Uh, you know, she does uh, kind of look at, you know, mediums and ghosts and all kinds of things doesn't she as well as ufos but there is a kind of um a bit of a you know keep in your lane stay in your lane attitude generally speaking i would say for quite a lot of people now obviously people are trying to break that down like jay and um uh, james's work in the in london in uh, new york I wish it was bloody london in new york maybe it should be london for the next one um, you know, and people are, uh, they do know about it, you know, um, and people are kind of aware of it. But certainly if you look at the kind of, you know, where is the information and where is the real kind of crossover of that information, we're just at the beginning of that. And we're just at the beginning of kind of creating uh, kind of networks uh, between people that can be kind of robust and searchable. And so we kind of know what's going on when. It's all very much, you know, something happens and then, you know, years later it kind of gets put into a database, you know. And by that time it's kind of, you know, it may well be that the experience has passed. And interestingly, uh, Gary Nolan talking to um, uh, Ryan Graves in his new podcast, Merged, which is a bit of a get, isn't it? Gary Nolan was talking about how he wants to essentially create a network of kind of academic um, outposts or kind of like, you know, within universities and within kind of medical and scientific universities, create these places where research can happen on the uh, effects of paranormal phenomena and also, you know, other things to do with, you know, kind of, you know, metal, um, examining metal and, you know, whatever kind of comes comes about. But starting to kind of, you know, seed the uh, kind of interest that scientists have and feed that seed, feed the seed and 
create a kind of network of you know committed robust intrepid uh, kind of academic scientists across the states and across the world as well you know so that's what that reminds me of the old titan so that's going to be really good if that happens and um we need a lot more of the kind of you know thinking about uh you know because everyone says oh it's to do with consciousness but what exactly does that mean you know i've got no doubt about it because you listen to this podcast you know that they they are kind of intimately linked everything is intimately linked and you know what interestingly in the last couple of days uh, well weeks really i've been thinking about what uh, daz smith said in the interview that we did a couple of uh, months ago now whereby he was saying like i'm not sure about life after death um and i wonder i mean i really do wonder if there is some kind of uh uh, uh what's the word like the, the, there's a quality of experience um that is uniform in a way in the way that we experience things so even though the places may change and the emotions may change um you know vastly maybe it's not so different uh post death <laughs> yeah what do you think about that then eh blomp it up the power of christ compels you the power of christ compels you the power of Christ compels you. The power of Christ compels you. Yes, it does. Oh, yes, it does. Coming soon to Broadway. Exorcist the musical. I can do the spider walk. You can do the spider walk. Everybody can do the spider walk. Oh. We're going in now to The Exorcist. So beware, we are going to be talking about uh, this film with spoilers and Stephen swears and he I'm not going to edit it out but I am going to warn you that it's um you know probably the biggest swear word imaginable so he's obviously doing it in the context of talking about the exorcist you know he doesn't you know just swear off uh, having said that, as a responsible broadcaster, I do feel like it is my duty to tell you this, okay? Especially if you have children in the car. Pull over. No, I don't care if there's no hard shoulder. Pull over now. <laughs> That's really irresponsible broadcasting. Don't pull over. Do what you like. Do what you like in your car. But if you do have children in the uh, vicinity, then just uh, get a load of this. It's, I don't know when it is, but it's quite soon in. First 10 minutes, I think. So you have been warned. So it is my absolute pleasure to welcome back Stephen. Hi, Stephen. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Good evening. Good evening Good and evening, welcome. Good evening, podcast back. world. Yes. This is your third excursion to Paranormal Blip Towers. 
<laughs> Do you like what I've done to the? Um, oh, I love it. To the I love the thing. green sofa. It's gorgeous. Isn't it's fantastic. It? You got rid yeah. of the marble columns, though. I've noticed. Well, I uh, know um, Greece wanted them back. So, oh, did they? You know. Well, what are they going to do with them? Well, I don't know, but we don't, do know that we don't want to upset any Greek people. No, we do not upset any Greek people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so listen, <laughs> Stephen, do, do you have a do you have a name for your podcast fans? Or your your fan base, like blipheads. I oh, probably shouldn't say that. Uh, it sounds like a slur, actually. <laughs> No, I don't call them blipheads. I don't know, though. I, I know what you mean, like a collective for the fan. Yes. A group no, now. A group now. Blipped. Like Lady sure. Gaga calls her fans monsters. That's right, you know, yeah. Like, what, um, what are you going to call your fans? I don't know. Paranormalists? <laughs> Power, maybe paranormalists, yeah. Although that's not very catchy, is it? No. Blipped is good, but it, it does sound like some kind of medical condition. Or, yeah. Um, I don't know. That's maybe we could. We'll brainstorm um, it. Yeah, or we could ask the the, the collective, viewer, the collective viewers. Yeah, the viewers or the listeners. <laughs> the listeners. Oh damn! It. I made the mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I, I came yeah. down on you for making the mistake earlier. Not on I just said, I go and do it. Exactly. So, oh, so if you what do have stuff. a name, the murder. What about that? Like the murder of crows. Like a murder of crows. Oh my god! A murder, murder of, of podcast people. listeners. Yeah. Um, what, why do you ask, though, Stephen? I just it just came to just came to my mind, and I thought, hmm. Did you? Yeah. Did you? Did you? Yeah, like, a little so bit. We're in this uh, virtual room together mm -hmm. to discuss The Exorcist. Oh, The Exorcist! What a film! Now, exactly. Now, now, people, long-term listeners will know that I reviewed The Exorcist on Paranormal Blip already. Um, which was Christmas. Do you know about this? Maybe you yes. Know. No, I, I remember this because the conversation went. We wanted to oh, of talk course. about That's it again. Right, yes. We wanted yes. to make it like an annual thing. Maybe you, you do The Exorcist every year. That's like your exactly. Christmas special. But we but we didn't have time to record it because obviously the Christmas holidays being yes, the Christmas exactly, holidays are yes, extremely yes. busy. Exactly. That's it. Exactly. I totally forgot about that plan. So we've actually been... Um, gearing up for this yeah. uh, episode it's been a month and a half a while. in the making yeah absolutely episode. so let's see if the quality of the conversation um you know people get a sense that we've been thinking about it for mm. six weeks because <laughs> we because i rewatched this movie at the start of this like, possibly mid-december like a few days before you we were going to record the episode and we never did because i was like horrifically ill Yes, so I remember. Be, so it was like the first or second day of our holiday. That's right. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, just couldn't yeah. do it. So then, and and so when did you first see this? How long? How oh, many years ago? a few years ago. But um, it was one of those I wasn't, I wasn't paying full attention to it. If that makes sense. Sure. Like I was doing. I, I put it on. Didn't really give it much. Were thought. you doing I, other things? Must have been. Yeah, I don't really recall where I was. I was probably in Portsmouth. Were you constructing I, a barbecue? Maybe I, I might have been putting together a shelf. Or, I see. Uh, so literally, you were doing something else, and I you might have the exorcist on in the background. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and I, I looked over and looked at the scene where um, the the little girl calls the guy um, a cunt, and uh, I thought, oh, maybe not. Oh, what's yeah, going on here? Fine. I've mi I've missed some context here. <laughs> what's going on? So maybe I should uh, put a spoiler alert and also a swear alert. A spoiler alert for, the, um, for a 40-year-old film? 
But as you well, I mean, no, but we do say that in before all of the reviews. Oh, sure. Because there's I'll, some I'll, people that haven't seen The Exorcist. True. I will refrain from using bad language. Oh no! Don't worry about that. I'll just say to at the beginning. Okay. Stephen swears like Stephen a sailor. Stephen swears like a sailor. Yeah, he's exactly. been on the source. He's been swear, he's swearing so much left and right. Exactly. Lots of lovely alliteration there. Yeah. Stephen the sailor is on the source, swearing left and right. <laughs> it's a good little ditty, isn't it? I know it's a bit like a sea shanty kind a of. Bit, yeah, I love those. Do you remember that thing of like, about a year and a half ago when sea shanties were really popular? They're still good. I love them. But they became chart-topping hits. Really? Yeah. Don't you remember that? No, I, I clearly phrase. I missed that. Clearly I missed that. Yeah, mate. There's this oh. kind of quite. I mean, they are quite um, memorable. They're catchy. It's, yeah, yeah what's catchy the idea? Is the word. What's the yeah. idea? I mean, yeah. um, down here where we live, folk music is wildly popular. What's the point of sea shanties? Is it to make sure that they're all kind of in kept... unison in time, maybe and, and like morale, a team morale, thing. morale boosting, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. and they keep warm. And you well. can drink, and you can drink to them. Oh yeah, of course. Great, yeah. great for drinking too. Yeah. Have you ever been to a pub in Devon where? There's oh. a... Yeah, I, I, a band. lot, a lot of, a lot of times. Yeah, a, a lot of times. There's, there's a band in particular. That um, whenever we know that they're in town and they're playing, we always go and see them. Oh, great! Because they 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 do you know folksy um, songs, but they also do a very lovely cover of Starman oh, by David right. Bowie okay. in the folk music style, and it's fantastic. Oh, it's absolutely right. fantastic. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to give that band a plug? Uh, Queen Anne's Revenge is what they're called. Okay, quite a good a local name. band. Yeah, they're um, Blackbeard's Ship, Queen Anne. Right. Yeah. Oh, I see. I thought you meant Queen Anne, the Scottish woman. No, no. Well, that might be what the ship was is based off of. Possibly. Probably named after her. Possibly. Was she Scottish? Uh, I think so. I'm not I entirely think she, sure. She's probably yeah. was but Scottish. There, there's another band, local band called Mad Dog McCree. Now they're actually quite popular. Okay. And um, they're fantastic. Absolutely. That sounds fantastic. like a kind of Australian. Are there Australians in that one? I don't. I'm not sure. But they 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 play around here whenever I whenever they're around. It's fantastic. Their shows are fantastic. Very but good. They, but they play in pubs, you know. That's yeah, 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 yeah. Troupe musical troupe. I remember in Devon going to uh, pubs and there'd be like in the back room, uh-huh. there'd be like a bunch of fiddlers, <laughs> and um, and they'd always sing a song about uh, like a ghost or some kind of haunting. Oh that yeah. Would go on for like ages, like fourteen verses type thing, you know. God. And um, quite, you know, nice and mesmeric, and it would send you to sleep as well. Oh, but, um, is, that a, is that a good thing? Well, the best performance I ever saw, the second best performance I ever saw. I ever told you about this? No. Oh, mate, it was brilliant. It was in Poland, mm. and it was this Estonian um, theatre troupe doing Othello, and but it was all uh, translated. We had these little headphones on. You may so have mentioned a, this. A that that part, yeah. Yeah. It was the best, man, because on stage, the Estonian theatre troupe were really like, you know, doing Othello, you know? Yes, of course. Like moving around and raising their voices and acting in that way. Mm-hmm. And it was really good. But the the transcribe, the kind of audio transcription or translation, I should say, from mm-hmm. Estonian to to English... The, the translator did, did it totally dry. 
just like a kind of you know computer voice almost. right you know no emotion whatsoever just the script oh and that uh it was the best sleep i've ever had man i mean it was about five hours long the show oh my like purely and, unab unabridged Othello. Exactly, yeah, with about, I don't know, two or three intervals. Oh. And every the worst thing would be like one of my mates would wake me up at the interval because we had to leave, you know? Yes, of course. And then I'd be like, oh, God, I've got to be awake for a few minutes. <laughs> if I go back to the naughty land. Oh, mate, it was the best. Anyway, this is not The Exorcist. <laughs> no, this is not. <laughs> so, The Exorcist. So, so, yeah, oh, yeah, I was saying that we were going to do it every, or you were saying. We're going well, to do it. I said it would be a Christmas. fun idea to make it sort of an annual tradition. Exactly, yeah. But it didn't quite work. But no. having said that, it was interesting looking at it, watching it again, because I did find things. And I think I, I re listened to my review mm. that I put up in the kind of Christmas 2021 episode of Paranormal Blip. And I do think that are very different things this time away. This time okay. Away. So that's well, quite interesting. So yeah, well, what, what were your initial opinions uh, in your previous review? My take. Uh, what, really, what, was, what was your take on it? My take on The Exorcist. Oh is, yes, my very is, intellectual take. It is a film. <clears throat> the um, I I was thinking that it was that all of those uh, medical I, I, scenes. Sorry, I've moved away from my mic. I've, I've, uh, is it still very clear? You're very clear, Steve. Okay, excellent. I've um, sat back. I've, I've reclined. That's okay, my, yeah. My chair. On your hammock. I'm in my hammock, yeah. I'm in my garden, actually. Are you? Yeah. Are the parakeets still like getting in your hair? No, I had to. I had to sell them. I had to. Well, I had to make room for the alligator, didn't I? Yeah. Well, also a little bit of lunch for the alligator. <laughs> well, <laughs> save on food. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -mm -mm. He's nipping. Um, at, he's nipping at my heels. It's not good. Does the alligator ever pretend that it's a bench in order to? Surprise children in the local park, <laughs> like in that book. <laughs> <laughs> well, he has gone missing sometimes, and he comes back with like a, a very small shoe, sort of stuck between his teeth. Lovely. This is What's a rich image? fiction. We're this is a rich fiction we're painting. I know it is a rich fiction. That's a good name for a, a novelist, isn't it? Yeah, Rich Fiction. <laughs> Hi, my name's Rich Fiction. Welcome and I read Fix Fiction. <laughs> anyway, um, th th this also isn't The Exorcist. No, continue. What was your take on um, The Right, Exorcist? so what I was thinking, I, I was really taken by those scenes, which I think are still probably some of the best scenes in the film the hospitals the hospital yeah, sequence exactly yeah. i agree with you actually they I mean, are probably they're the best just part, incredible so. and and the kind of documentary feel to that you know it's very even clinical. to the point it's where so like the yeah exactly and the the orderlies whatever they were the were yes. like the, the people that just like you know move the machinery in place and mm -hmm. that kind of thing it's almost as if they're not actors i mean i guess they are actors you know yeah but sure. it's just like they're filming a procedure in a hospital in the early 70s you know mm -hmm. so i was really struck by that last time now this time i saw a lot of the uh the the kind of flourishes if you like you know mm -hmm. a lot of the uh like so as an example maybe we could start talking about it so this is going to be a spoiler filled review ladies and yeah. gentlemen for for a 40 plus year old film exactly and oh, we've already discussed that anyway, haven't we? So yeah, we have. We it's have fine. It's good to reiterate it. It is definitely yes. 
And um, is it 40 years? No, is it the 70? Is it the 70s? 73. The 80s? And was it? So oh my God, 50 years. 50 years, oh, this, is years this year. Oh, that's good then. 50 year anniversary of The Exorcist. Oh, mate. Pretty good. I'm glad we didn't film it at Christmas last year. Maybe um, is Freakin still alive? He can't still be alive, can he? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Is Max, Max von Sydow is still kicking? Isn't he? No, he's dead. Oh, is he? Yeah, I'm sorry oh to break God. it to you so harshly, Stephen. Oh my but God! He, yeah, he died a few years ago. That's a shame. I'm he's, really sorry. He's, that he's I, brilliant. I should have um, been a bit softer. Maybe. With that noise, with that news. Well, um, this will be a very somber episode from here on out. I think. <laughs> <laughs> no jokes, no goofs. Okay, okay. So, in memory of Max, and yes, my maybe, good buddy Max. Maybe May, I may be freaking. Yeah, I'll find out later. Yeah, sure. Anyway, um, yeah. So, so it begins with the sun and the kind of the red screen. Is it like red or orange it's, screen? It, yeah, the desert uh, yeah. sky. Yeah, and the sun in the sky, and the uh, Allah Akbar, you know, the call to yes, prayer. Yes, the call to prayer. And then it has this incredible, you know, that, that place. That the sequence massive... of him walking through the desert and he's that's right uh, yeah. among the ruins. That's it, exactly. And it, he kind of comes face to face with that demon yes. statue. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Well, not quite face to face, but like, well, they are face to face. He's confronted each he, other. He confronts it almost. Yes, exactly. Yes. And there's that amazing um, archaeological dig with all mm. those hundreds of people. It's, it, it, it reminds me of, of sort. it's very, that sort of uh, sweeping scene that you don't see much of anymore in film. Like that, like, like in Lawrence of Arabia, that scene where you, you sweep over the desert and you see these hundreds of extras. Yeah. You know, you don't get that sort of thing anymore, that really. No, and it's a shame to see right. that sort of construction of a scene, if you like. Yeah, totally. Well, the incredible. thing about those films, of course, is that... All you, on location as well. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And all real life, you know, yeah. before CGI, you know. Exactly. Before Snapchat, before you before could Snapchat, do it on Snapchat. Before with TikTok. All your exactly, yeah. Yeah. So, like, you know, Gladiator, for instance, mm. is kind of... There's an impressiveness about that, but yes. it's all just CGI, isn't it? But, um, no, uh, I, I'm sorry to bring it back to Lawrence for Arabia. You know, like, um, the, the scene of... A lot of the scenes were in the dusk or at dawn in the desert. They would get one crack at that per day, basically. So the lighting wasn't... They'd have to get the lighting perfect, set up the shot, then do it. And if they if they mucked it up, they'd have to wait another day. And that, that sort of level of commitment yeah. to the filmmaking process is... Uh, you just don't... It's just non-existent today, I think. Because you can just colour grade everything. You could CG it all in. Yeah, but, uh, true. But have it, you seen Nope, though? Uh, I haven't seen Nope. I know you recommended it. I know um, I will get around to watching it. That's the it, one about the um, it's an it's aliens, isn't it? That's that's what it's about. Sort of. Well, it's like a kind of UFO. Trailer. Yeah. There's a UFO in the clouds. Mm -hmm. Um, but 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 weirdly, um, Jordan Peele. I didn't know this when I reviewed it for the show, um, episode yeah, thirty-one, yes, by the course. way, whatever it is, episode thirty-two. <laughs> um, but um. Jordan Peele used these uh, like cutting edge cameras yeah. in order to uh, kind of like get the night quality because a lot of it is at night mm -hmm. and there's a kind of silvery luminescence to the uh, to the night like to the scenes you know yes and it looks but it doesn't look um, CGI at all it just looks a bit kind of 
odd and out of place. But that's that's the vibe. That's the vibe, I suppose. Is going for. That's the vibe he's going for, isn't it? Odd yes. and out of place. And um, so he went to massive, great lengths, like actual, you know, cutting edge technology used. But oh. all of the sky in that film is is CGI. Unbelievable. Oh, really? Yeah, in Nope. Yeah. Oh. So that's good, isn't it? But um, yeah, it's quite interesting. Anyway, this it's, is the one, also, it's the wonders. Again, the wonders of special effects. You can do a lot with it, but also a lot of people go very get very lazy with it, which is yeah, part, of the, part of the and, problem. Yeah, and they they do things like um, what's his name? Uh, uh, to be more specific. Brian Blessed's character in the Star Wars film. Do you remember him? Oh, was he? He was in the Phantom Menace, wasn't he? He was in he the. He was the King of the Gungans. King of the Gungans. Yeah, yeah, Gungans. Yeah, like you can you can do things like that with too much power. Yes, yeah. with know? with great power comes great responsibility. As, yeah, my, my phone uh, as, as Spider Man, as Spider Man once said. I'm I'm trying to like type Friedman. Do you want me he... to do it? I my my hands are free. I'll do it. My hands are not free. I know. I can I'm... see your hands. I'm I'm. <laughs> But this stupid phone. Go I'll away. do it. Just you, just you, calm down. All right. So what I'll do is you do that, and I'll talk about The Exorcist. Yes. Okay. So in this, uh, you know, watching the the in this time, this time watching The Exorcist, William was, Friedkin, not dead. Oh, fantastic! Right, He's eighty-seven years old. Really? Yeah. I'm going to send him this episode. And I'm going to say that me and you, Stephen, yes. we should do a kind of commentary oh my God, for the 50th anniversary. He did Sorcerer. Oh, my God. I didn't know that was him. Yeah, that's a good one, isn't it? Oh. Sorcerer is amazing. That's amazing. Am it is amazing. Yeah, I only saw that a couple of years ago. I've only seen it. I saw it recently, but it is. And what else did he do? Oh, I, I, I clicked off the... Oh, he Obviously, he did um, The French Connection, didn't he? Yes, he did. Famously, which is still also one of my amazing. Favorite films, what, possibly one of the best heist. It's, it's a heist film, isn't it? Is a heist film technically? Um, crime. In no way is it a heist film. <laughs> no, it's a, no, not a heist. A, what? What is it? It's, a, it's like a cops and robbers. Cops, film. Robbers, that's what it's I was like just like a dr drug. What, um, it's a noir. It's, it's a noir sort of thing. I, I, Have I, you seen I, it? No, I'm. I can't. I'm, I'm trying to think of the word. I can't think of the word. Uh, I don't know. Like. It's gritty. Yeah, it's set in New York. It stars. Um... That's the one with the it's the car chase. Um, yeah, that's it, under yeah. the bridge. That's under... it. That's yeah. It. That's, that's what. Yes. the one. That's the one. That's the puppet. Took me a second. Yes. My mind is. I'm. Gene out. Hackman. I'm, I may have had a drink before we came here, so I'm a bit spun out. Uh, really? Yeah. I was with a friend. We went to get fish and chips and uh, had oh, a lovely. had a pint. Doesn't that sound so British I to my know. international audience? We're not all like that, okay? But I am. Were you wearing your bowler hat? And I was. Uh, I was. And you had a doily about your person. I did, and uh, yeah, the the, the, the the cobbled streets. Yes, and I, have I, you got a? I a passed tattoo? a Cockney orphan, and I did you threw, threw him a farthing. <laughs> and have you got your tattoo of the Queen on your forehead still? Like yeah, like we all do. Like we we all, all have do. to have that now, don't we? Yeah, we do. Um, yeah, so, but the, uh, yes, this time watching it, I was really struck by the kind of, um, you know, directorial flourishes, the opposite of documentary. So that amazing bit where, um, 
he goes down into the uh, underground, you know, the tube. Yeah. And he says, what do they call it in America? The metro, is it? The, 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 subway, the subway, subway. The subway, whatever they call it. Yeah. yeah, the subway. And um, he sees the guy, the like old, mm. you know, homeless guy on the street going, spare a copper for an old ex-choir boy or something. Do you remember mm. that? Yes, yes. That's really good, isn't it? And then the, there's, there's the lots sound of, little character, of the train. Lots of little character moments in this film. Yeah, yeah. That you yeah. sort of miss. I um, do you know what I missed on my first watch that I caught my rewatch? I missed that split second scene in the hospital of the demon appearing. Okay, yeah. And that spanned me. That 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 totally spanned me out. Did you see? The... I wasn't expecting it. Right. Yeah. 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 It is a very disconcerting and very like that whole sequence has you on edge. Film. I mean, we have yeah. to say that it's super disturbing. Isn't it is, it? I mean, and I can understand why there was a whole hysteria about it. Yeah, like absolutely. And I can also understand why even now, it would be like it's it it does portray very accurately portrays this sense of a kind of nightmare on this ongoing nightmare where you Ellen Burstyn's character, yeah. you know, she just can't get. Uh, answer she's got money is that the you know, that's the mum right the mum yeah yeah um you know she's got money she's got usually you can kind of buy your way out of basically a, anything you know? yeah of course but this situation the money just kind of make, means that she meets more doctors that say well we don't really know what's going that, on that refer you to someone else who doesn't exactly. know what's going on yeah exactly, someone else. exactly. yes and that frustration comes across really clearly. It does. You can see her really break down of, oh, over the course of the film. Her performance is her performance is probably the standout, I would say, apart from the, the kids. Well, obviously, my getting is... getting that getting that level of performance out of a child is fantastic. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, Linda Blair. Yeah, mm -hmm. and um, but my favorite, I think, is I think his name's Danny Miller. The guy that plays the main priest. Oh yes, yes. Not Max, but the you know the, the other one. The, yeah, the younger one. The runny boxer guy. Mm -hmm. The guy that looks like a boxer. He's so good, isn't he? Oh, he's great. I mean, I I'm so surprised. I do think I've said this last time, but I'm so surprised that he didn't have this massive movie career. He was a stage actor. I kind of looked into him a little bit, mm. and seventy three was a big year because he won quite a prestigious. Um, acting award or no i think it was like a screen uh, a playwriting award uh-huh maybe a peabody is that's, that a, yeah a that's, playwriting a thing. Thing? that's a thing yeah yeah it's a thing isn't it it is a thing i don't know if it's a play i, I don't know if it's a playwriting thing but i it's an award i don't either one a, a peabody or a pulitzer pulitzer's for writing but is it does it count as does it can't does it cover the umbrella of Stage plays? I don't know. I, I just know that it begins with P. This, uh, this. Award well, there are two. Oh, well, yeah. Um, maybe, else. maybe a maybe a Pulitzer. Yeah, maybe it was a Pulitzer, or maybe it was a Peabody. But anyway, this 1973 was a good year for this guy. Well, Pulitzer I, encompasses journalism, so I guess it could also encompass. Yeah. Stage plays. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Okay. Danny Miller, I think, is his name, but mm -hmm. he's really a brilliant, isn't he? Oh, he is. And that kind of what's really interesting. Now, I think you saw the uh, version where, like, halfway through the exorcism at the end of the film, yes, they come out of the bedroom and they have a short conversation. Yes, I saw. Yes, I have. I, I saw that version. Yeah. Yeah. Did I tell you about the kind of co controversy of that scene? No, you didn't. Well, not really. Me. 
yeah, not really a controversy, but just a disagreement between um, who was the guy that wrote this? William Peter Blatty. I have no idea. No. I, 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 I didn't look. I think it might be, <laughs> I think his name, well, whoever it is, whoever the yes. writer is, and Freaking, the writer really wanted to have this scene in, yeah? Mm-hmm. And Freaking said, it's too on the nose, like it's too obvious. It, ex- it explains. It explains too much, exactly. Mm-hmm. And what's it's actually quite nice if you have a kind of, um, what's the word, like, you know, the, the, the people... For the first time, this is a bit weird, yeah? Mm-hmm. Literally for the first time ever, my phone is talking to me. Do we have to exercise your phone? No, but I'm serious. I'm not being... I know, um, I can hear it. I heard it. Can you hear it in the background? I just heard it, yeah. I mean, I know that it does have that function, doesn't it, some phones, when you do... It's probably um, because you're pressing like a, a combination of the side buttons and it's talking back to you. Yeah, you know how to take the mystery out of life, don't you? How dare you? All answers to anything we'll call, paranormal. We'll is... call. We'll call well, Bill. We'll call Bill Gates. We'll get a. We'll get a priest, a tech priest, down here, and yeah, we'll exactly. exercise your phone. I need a tech priest, right? Writer. Uh, anyway, so there was a there was a hmm. a disagreement, and then in the I think that basically what happened was that Freakin came around to the idea, hmm. and then included it in this. Uh, director's cut or whatever. I think it's got this weird name, isn't it? The, it's the director's cut, isn't the it? The ultimate cut or something. Oh yeah. Anyway, whatever. Um, that's because that, the um the theatrical edition didn't have the spider walk, did it? That's it exactly. Yeah. So yeah. it's the scene. What 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 I'll do is I'll link to the actual, you know, information. Oh yeah, it is William yeah. Peter Blatty. Yeah. The actual, you know, the one that we watched. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's the one with the spider walk. It's the one with this conversation. But I really like the conversation. Well, because yeah, know, explain. Well, basically, what it is is that these two guys. I mean, maybe we should just very briefly say it starts with this old priest, Father Merin, who's in Iraq. Some we don't know exactly when, but then it kind of seems like some time has gone by, mm-hmm. and and um, then we in, I think it's set in Washington, isn't it? I believe so. And um, Ellen Burstyn is is making a film locally. She plays an actor, an actor, and she's making a film locally. And so she's she's kind of like uh, filming these scenes for this film that she's making. But her daughter accesses another realm through a Ouija board that she plays mm-hmm. with. Okay, and this other realm. Through this other realm comes a demon that inhabits her daughter's body, and mm. the daughter is about fourteen years old, I think, in the in yeah. the film. Yeah, is that right? Something like that. Yeah. Same age as Juliet. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> I thought she was and, younger. I thought she was supposed to be slightly younger. Who Juliet? Yeah, she's supposed to be fourteen. I thought she was younger. I thought it was fourteen. Maybe it's thirteen. Maybe. But I thought it was fourteen. Or maybe it is 13, actually. Anyway, not the same age as Juliet, then. Okay. She may or may not be the same age as Juliet is supposed to be. Yeah. We can definitively say that. That is very true, yeah. Yeah. And um, so anyway, so so essentially then the girl becomes, uh, well, incredibly unpredictable, violent. She does these things that are quite shocking. 
um and she becomes dangerous she's kind of like uh stay like kind of forcibly tied to her bed essentially yes um and she seems to have kind of um telekinetic abilities Judith she is has... supposed to be 13 years old oh thank you for the thank you there you go and um she uh her, her whole personality changes you know this kind of idea that something is overtaken her is really not really considered i don't think by her mum who uh, to begin with who takes this very kind of rational you know let let take her to the doctor type thing. yes of course but the doctor doesn't can't do anything because she's a you know famous and rich um actor she can afford to get the best doctors you know in the country or whatever and there's this that you i really like that scene where she's basically really frustrated with this um great big there's a big group of doctors isn't there about like in the room eight or ten doctors and they're all essentially kind of scratching their heads thinking well we don't really know what to do you know and then i can't remember exactly how but i think she somehow knows merrin i can't quite remember the can you remember the the connection um, between so between you... her and and no not Merrin the the younger priest um, priest yeah they, they they meet don't they they um oh my god I'm racking my brain bear in mind it's been about a month and a half since I watched this um yeah me too I I didn't rewatch really it I'm afraid. no neither I did I um was able I to. but anyway somehow they meet and they they have a conversation yes they do. And then he sets it up and he does this kind of investigation. So in the last... Subplot. There's that subplot with the police officer as well, isn't there? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Because... I, I, don't really, I don't really understand the purpose of that so much. Well, the director of the film, I think it's the director of the film, basically, I mean, it's funny because you can't, it's not obvious because you don't see it happen. But basically, he goes out the window and down the steps. Yeah, he he does. Yes. And the and the implication is that what's her name did it? What's the girl's name? I've forgotten her the, name. Um, oh, um, oh my god, um, Reagan. Reagan, yeah, Reagan did it. Yeah. Yeah, like as the you know yes the, the beast. Um, so that's the implication. So so there's a cop kind of looking into. He doesn't really kind of understand how this guy just like. His his head was turned yeah. around. Do you remember? Yes, yeah, so that, that, that that's the that's the the part they can't yeah explain because they so, they talk they talk about what um people like you know um people are capable of extreme physical um you know um acts in certain situations isn't it? they talk about that don't they but they can't they can't explain the how yeah, like, you how you I'm would literally turn someone. Wonderful, but they can't explain how the head becomes twisted around like that. Yeah, without breaking, without you know, no, it's the neck apart. Quite difficult to explain. That yes, one, it is. It? That 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 was a head scratcher for them. They weren't mm. too sure. Yeah, they didn't want to jump to a uh, demon possession. No, just exactly, yes. Yeah. They needed more evidence. But um, so they meet, and they <laughs> and and then he goes on this kind of man on a mission type section where he's he's gathering the evidence he wants he tries to he calls for it who who's the one that calls for an exorcist is it the mother or is it him no he says she 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 asks like 
how how would one go about doing an exorcism? Right. Do you remember that? Yes. Beautiful line that I use on a weekly basis. Oh, you do. You do use it all the time. It's getting really annoying at work. You need to stop saying it. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, and and then he goes. I'm going to, to I'm going to forget this conversation. You're going to say it on Monday, and it's going he, to. He goes to the canon or whoever yeah. it is. Mm. Or like the the head, you know, kind of the guy with the with the powers locally, yeah. in the in the Catholic Church, and the canon yeah, then bishop? Is, it is it a bishop? I don't know. Maybe is it a, bishop? It's a bishop. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Yeah, it's not a canon, is it? Um, <laughs> and then and then the the bishop then has a little conflab with mm. some advisor, and the advisor says, well, maybe we should get Merrin in here. Because Merrin knows what he's doing. He's, he's he's the only one that's done it or something. Exactly, yeah. He says something like ten years ago he did one that lasted four days or something like that. Yeah, and he nearly killed him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he's and he's on a retreat, isn't he? He's like, um, ever since then he's been That's right, yeah. I suppose is that what they're implying at the start of the film with the scene when he's in the desert? Like that he's gone and done that that's where he did it, maybe? Well, I think I haven't seen The Exorcist two and three and four, etc. But I think at the beginning, the, because there's that little uh, kind of thing that he scrabbles out of the dirt hole. Yeah. Do you remember the little mm -hmm. kind of icon of uh, a demon? Mm. I think that in the I don't I'm not basing this on anything apart from trying to work out what is going on at the beginning of the exorcist yeah because i haven't seen the other exorcists so no me, me neither but in the same way that um ridley scott uh based prometheus on the idea that he hadn't done anything with that giant seat in yeah. alien and he thought oh i didn't who could have sat in the giant explain. seat oh I, that was a bad <laughs> film that was so bad. they did prometheus yeah it was not good I know. So in the same way, I think it's almost if you don't have to explain everything, miss, less is more potentially. Exactly, as Friedman might say, Friedkin. Mm. So I, I think that the other Exorcist is based on uh, kind of filling in the story of the demon. Yeah. Ah. Uh, so there's this idea that there's some kind of so this demon comes back, like yeah. demon link, basically. Right. Um. Yeah. The de The apparently the other ones are far more to do with this demon. Pazuzu, I think, is the name that they yeah. use. Um, and, I wonder if that's an actual. De I wonder if that's an actual demon in demonology. I'm going to check that. Oh yeah, you check that. That's a good thing to check. Um, We're a paranormal podcast, sort of thing. We should uh... absolutely, yeah. Um, so then, and then they agree that it should be done, and then there is this extraordinary scenes. Mm -hmm. of of it being done and that is very you know there's a kind of uh, in terms of the paranormal or the supernatural the idea mm -hmm. that some like when a paranormal event happens temperatures change and um you know kind of move objects move around like poltergeisty mm -hmm. you know that's kind of standard stuff isn't it basically Stephen? yes what have so, you okay have i you okay. found um this actually makes more sense um pazuzu is a mesopotamian uh demon in oh in real life in mesopotamian religions yeah in real life yeah so that might so there's probably a link there to the deserts yeah right yeah totally man it's not, they don't specify where do they specify where he is so what what yeah desert? they say iraq 
Oh, that would that would that checks out then, doesn't it? Mesopotamian yeah, origins. definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he is a. I thought he would be. He's a real um, demon. But where are they at the beginning of Close Encounters? Is that Iraq as well? Uh, I don't remember. I can't remember either. But um, maybe it isn't Iraq. Maybe. But he's not. He's, he's a demon. But he's not always antagonistic. Apparently, he's. You, well, I mean, in a lot of ancient religions, like um, ancient, you know, Judaism and Christianity, demons aren't necessarily malevolent entities. Like higher ups in the church. Um, if you, you would have you could have power over demons and you could bend them to your will. That was a sort of a through line right, in some okay. biblical texts. Oh, right. Like, um, is it Good Solomon? Time. Solomon uh, supposedly bound demons to his will, and if you less the lesser key of Solomon is supposedly his account of um, demon law and how to bind them and what they were useful for. Really? Yes. Like picking locks and stuff like that. Well, I'm not sure quite like that, but in in yes, I'll I'll say yes. Like um, deciding whether to go. You like, know, I need really someone. I need someone to carry my groceries by. inside. You know, which demon do I call upon? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the one, the burly one with the muscles, or the, you know, yeah, that one. You pick that one. You picked that one, not the spindly limb, not the spindly one with the one. pacemaker. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, that would be quite useful. That I'd like that. I, I'll um send Solomon an email and yeah, he's, he's still interested. around. He's still around, isn't he? <laughs> he must Solomon. be. He must be. <laughs> he's probably not into emails, though. He's probably a fax man. He's he's more of a pig, carrier pigeon fellow. Yeah. 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 But, um, or a, or a anyway, um, so so that's my thoughts. What are your thoughts? <laughs> uh, we've we've lost track of this like so much. Where were you? What what was you? What were we talking about? We were talking about well, that was basically I was just saying that then the end and the end. Uh, so, well, um, can, can we circle back? The um, the, you said the the scene with them on the stairs. Yes. Why was that? Um, you said that was controversial because the the screen. The director thought it would be too on the nose. It was too obvious. That's like exactly, spelling out yes. the message of the film. Yes, basically. Yes, and and Blatty wanted it in. Mm. Blatty, I think, was a um, approached it from the point of view of being a Catholic who understood that. And and interestingly, I mean, you probably know this, but the Catholic, like the Vatican, was quite supportive of the film. Really? Yeah, because. They I guess win. it paints it paints them in a very positive light, doesn't exactly, it? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The, the, it does the actually, priests yeah. win in the end, you know. That's true. And you know they have to kind of go through the battle, but they win the battle. If you look up sort of meaning or interpretation of the Exorcist, you get about a dozen articles, and they yeah. all they all mention sort of breakdown of the family. But uh, right, yeah, I yeah. guess another way you could look at the film, it's about possibly why the Catholic Church actually do like this film, is it it does bridge the gap between scientific knowledge and religion yeah totally yeah because in the past the church was uh, i suppose the where a lot of scientists and a lot of knowledgeable people came from so, you know monks and all that all those lot all those fellas had the capacity and the education to be able to write things down document yeah. things absolutely advanced science and they were often doctors and physicians and yeah 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 
ponderers yeah. of the natural world. And um, I suppose, yeah. In, yeah, they would be, they would look at the film favorably if you sort of consider that angle. But the first hospitals came out of um, churches. Didn't yeah, exactly. They? Yeah. So there's this amazing YouTube interview that I saw earlier today, Stephen. Yes. And it's this guy, Richard Dolan, who's this excellent UFO researcher. He's been doing it for a long time. And he was talking to this journalist that's based in uh, Germany. And this guy, has he's like this UFO researcher as well. Mm -hmm. And he was kind of giving an update on um, kind of important cases and like news around Europe, which was really excellent. And I'm going to talk about this elsewhere in, in this episode. Mm -hmm. And we're going to link as well to the to the interview, Stephen. But get this right. This yeah. is amazing. At the end of the the um, the interview, this German guy, he says that he's working on this documentary, right? And yeah. this is what the documentary is about. It's about this Austrian um, archaeologist, okay, who and with his wife, they have discovered a essentially like this kind of system of caves or and under underground um spaces uh under this little town which is near vienna okay and in austria and um they've they've kind of gone back into the archives they've got the nobel archives and they've got various church archives and they've discovered that in the 1600s like 1512, 1511, um, there was a subterranean civilization trading with humans. Okay? Right. You didn't expect me to say that, no, did you? I, no, I'm a bit... Uh... Excuse me? Yeah. So a turn. This, this subterranean civilization, apparently the church knew about this, and the church had, like, the Catholic Church had, um, uh, like, basically uh, had the power to, like, lock everything, mm. you know, just like block it all up, cover it all up, like physically cover it up, yeah, right, and just block all of the entrances to this, uh, to, to this, cave, this cave system, yeah, to this cave system, exactly, and. Um, and and so they were discussing that in relation to this question of are UAP occupants interdimensional or are they ultra terrestrial? Uh, ultra terrestrial means are, are are they here? You know, have they been here all along and they just don't really they're not really in contact with us? You know, how sure. amazing is that? That's incredible. I know, like it's properly incredible. I mean, absolutely incredible. I did a quick five-minute Google search for information, and I couldn't find. So, anything. so you're all clued up. But no, I couldn't find anything. No. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but this is this guy. So uh, if you're listening to that, well, you are. If, I don't know why I said if you're listening to this. Yes. Yeah, you, you can't commune with it in any other way. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Go to the episode description for a link to Richard Dolan's uh, show where he talks to this guy. I think his name is Robert Fleischner or something like that. Mm -hmm. I can't remember. But his um, this guy Robert's uh, uh, website is called Exopolitics. 
Um, and he's like quite, he's really amazing guy. It's a fantastic update into the world of UAPs in Europe, you know, anyway. Mm. But then at the end, he says, oh, yeah, like, you know, people are asking me what's going on with my documentary. This is what his documentary is about. I mean, that is properly. It's incredible. Absolutely. You need to you need to 100 percent go over it when it comes out. Yeah, I'll definitely review that. Wonderful. You know what? Maybe you should too. Maybe I should too. No, exactly. but you, the listener. No, you, the listeners, should also review this for your podcast. Oh, sorry, sorry. The listeners should look at this. Yes. No. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree, listeners. Yes. Do, please do that, listeners. Right. So, Stephen, any closing words on the Exorcist? Uh, what I'm going to say is, it's probably the best horror film I've ever seen. Yeah. It's it probably the best. Is. It's probably the best one. Like thinking, I've been thinking about it. It's been going over my head this whole conversation. It's probably the best one, and it hasn't been topped. It, it's just it, it's that it the strong sort of religious scientific sort of dick to me in it. The um the visual style is totally striking. Like that scene of Max von Sydow standing in the fog. Is it the fog almost comes from the window? Yeah, under the lamppost. What what a shot, man. Yeah, brilliant. How, how, it's totally iconic. Yeah, uh, it, it is just. It's like I know it, it's so. It doesn't need to be said again, but it is brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. And it, it goes back to what we were saying at the beginning about how it the it, it's so stylish and it's so artistic and very um, ambitious film actually. I suppose for its time because it was made at a time when you could probably couldn't do half the th you weren't really supposed to do half the things it does it's very yeah, edgy yeah. it's very edgy it's a very edgy film it's incredibly edgy and and also quite controversial in terms of the um, filmmaking process you know freaking through ellen well he 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 had people do you know about this ellen burst no. and she kind of flies through the air and lands on the floor and screams out in pain. That's yeah. a real thing that happened. Oh my! Friedkin had somebody. Uh, she, she basically had a rope around her, and they just pulled her back. And and... They just pulled her back, and she went flying off the bed, and cracked her back on the oh. on the <laughs> on the wall, and they kept it in. You can't do that today. I know you really can't do no, that you... today, can you? No. Thank God for CGI. They should. They should be able to do that. I get better performances out of some of these actors. Yeah, that's why your um, career in that local theatre ended in such disgrace. <laughs> I was uh, I was chased out with pitchforks. Yeah, that's. I it. was tarred and feathered. And as, weirdly, I, as, as I recall, I was tarred and feathered. Weirdly, your back brace company made a lot of money that. Day. <laughs> don't 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 tell anyone. No. Okay, Stephen. So listen, let's wrap it up there. Yes, of course. Um, any final? Well, you said your final words. I said my final thoughts. It's just stri it's striking and bold. If you haven't seen it, please do watch it. I mean, we spoiled it quite heavily. Actually, no, we haven't. We haven't really spoiled it that much. We've kind of said what happens, but there's lots and lots of detail yes. that we haven't even gone into. Th that's what's so good about it. It's such a layered yeah. film. It really is. It's very serious. Mm. Very, very profound. Film. It, hasn't, it hasn't aged a day, if you ask me. No, it's, it, absolutely it's brilliant. not. Yeah, it is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Easily the best horror movie I've seen, without mm. a question, without a question of it. Um, I'd give it five stars, would you? I'd give it five paranormal blips out of five. 
Oh, lovely. Oh. The, the best rating. The official rating scale, Paranormal Blip Podcast. <laughs> oh. Okay, I'd give it 10 UFOs out of 10. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or UAPs, thank you. UAP, sorry, yeah. 10 yes. UAPs out of 10. Oh. Terrible. Oh, imagine that it wrong in this day and age. Oh. Ten flying saucers. <laughs> um, Stephen, thank you so much for joining us again. No problem. And I enjoyed being here again, back on the sofa, back on the green sofa. I know, mate. It's such a lovely yes. sofa, isn't it? So good. I know. And it's so good that Greece are not threatening to embargo our podcast. No. Well, they've sent their ambassador to come get us, but yes, he's having a bad time of it. <laughs> <laughs> he was quite charmless, that ambassador. He just got to the point immediately, you know. I yeah. wanted some like Sivlaki and a bit of, you know. Oh, we had, we, had a, we had a bit of interference there. I sort of cut oh, out a little bit there. Yeah, a little just, bit. Sorry. I just said I wanted some Sivlaki. <laughs> I wanted, they, um, I asked for a bottle of Ouzo and wouldn't give it to me. No, exactly. You how, just got. How, how, how rubbish. Very curt. Yes. Um, yeah. Okay. That's, that's enough insulting the Greeks again. Very good. I love the Greeks. I've got the Greek I listeners. I do love... Yeah. I've got <laughs> one. Greek friends. Yeah, one Greek listener and one Greek friend. No, I've got more. I've got, got multiple loads. Greek friends. Uh, um, we love the Greek people. We do. We do. And I love Greece. I'm going to Greece. Did you know? Did, you, did I tell you I'm going to Greece? No, you did not. Oh, mate, yeah. In real life. Did I, did I, did I tell you about my David Lynch... <laughs> Did you tell you about my David Lynch dream that I had while I was in Greece? No. It's no, I, I thought I did the other day. Shall I reiterate it for the for your audience quickly? Please do. Yeah, I can't. Okay, remember. so um, this I had this dream. I was in Greece when I had this dream, which is relevant in a second. So um, I was part of this theatre company, right? In the dream, I'm part of this theatre company, and uh -huh. I'm doing this one man show for this. Um, uh showcase whatever it's it, whatever it's supposed to be and david lynch the fight the, the filmmaker one of my favorites of all time is in charge directing the showcase right and we're outside the theater at the back sort of between uh, having a break smoking a cigarette he's smoking a cigarette as of course he works he's david lynch and um i tell him i have the, uh, i'm having a problem with this girl that i'm really interested in and, I, and i've asked her to come see the showcase you know and um, and I said, I'm really nervous about mucking it up in front of this girl that I really like. And he says, take out your wallet. And I do. And he says, how much money is in your wallet? And I say, 40 euros. He takes it, he snatches it out of my hand and says, you can have this 40 euros back when um, you complete the showcase and you do well. And I know I'm going to give this 40 euros back to you because you're going to do well. But if you don't, I'm going to keep it. And uh, the dream sort of ends. I go back into the theatre, make get get changed my costume, go back on stage, and um, as the, and then the curtains rise and the the the, the performance has started, and I wake up, and that's the that's the dream. Wow, that's a great dream. As far as I'm, it's not, but as far as I'm concerned, David Lynch owes me forty euros. Yeah, he does. He took your money, man. He took my money in the dream world and also in real life. That man David. owes me forty euros. David. That's why this summer I'm going to LA and I'm going to find him and get my money back. Yeah. I'm going to go to Mulholland Drive where he hangs out yeah. in LA and get it back. But but maybe there's going to be a part two to that dream. Maybe. But I had that one two almost two years ago. Oh, really? Yeah. 
And you were in Greece at the time? I was in Greece at the time, yeah. That's why it was euros and not pounds. And it was set in Greece? I don't think it was set in Greece, but I think that's where I had why I had euros and not pounds. I see, right, okay. You see? I wouldn't be surprised at some point if you do have a part two of that dream. Really? Yeah, I don't know what would trigger that, but I'd be I very surprised if I have you to don't. Go back to, I have to go back to Greece, I think. Maybe going back to Greece is the is the thing. Yeah. Can you remember our episode number where we interpret each other's dreams? It was the one about, it was, it was the Jung. It was the Jung episode. Jung, yeah. Can you remember the number? No, I can't. No, is nor it, can I. Is it the 40s? Is it in the 40s? No, because this is 42. Is it? Oh, my God. So, no. You're, you're so infrequent. You're so... I know, I'm super infrequent. So it's been 30 something, 30 something. Yeah, definitely 30. It was because after, because you said the last Exorcist episode was in the 30s. It was definitely after that. Oh, no, you know what? It was actually uh, 26. My God, I'm way off. So if you way off, man. If you liked Stephen's dream and you're, because we've got lots of new listeners recently since since 26, that was July. So since July. If you, I think most listeners, though, just listen through, you know. Sure, sure. A lot of people do that. They start at number one. I suppose if there's only a handful of episodes, you would just start at the beginning, wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. It gets yeah. to the point where you get to 100 episodes. Like, oh, I'm not sitting to 100. That's right, but 42 is possible, isn't it? Still. Yes, it is. So, but anyway, episode 26, if you like that kind of thing. Stephen, mm-hmm. thank you ever so much. Thank no you problem. for telling me about your dream. And I'll see you on Monday. <laughs> All right, I'll see you then. Goodbye. Oh, no, hold on. We're in the house together. Yes. Oh, so, no, so, uh, oh, yeah. oh, show me out. There you are. We're still here. Oh, bye-bye. So now the archive this week, much um, vaunted. Is that the word? Vaunted? Or is it vaulted? Much vaulted. Oh, no, it's not pot. Well, much uh, trailed is a little snippet from a conversation between Richard Dolan and Robert Fleischer. And the entire uh, episode, which is about an hour and 20 minutes long, is definitely worth watching because Robert lays out the latest in from Europe, and it's absolutely fascinating. I mean, Richard Dolan, you know, he, he's so uh, steeped in this, and he has been for, for many years. And um, I've got to find out more content from Robert because he's absolutely brilliant. So, you know, uh, this is a short section um, towards the end of the uh, interview, it's more like a conversation between them, you know, not really an interview. Um, and it's just like a little snippet, really, of of a fantastic conversation between two people that know this uh, field uh, very, very well. So enjoy this. I cannot go into detail now for obvious reasons. Yeah, I'm working on a documentary or, let's say, on, on, a, on a feature um, video feature on the findings of an Austrian archaeology professor and his wife, Professor Heinrich Kusch and his wife Ingrid Kusch, in um, a city, a small city close to Vienna, oh, uh, yes. close to Neuburg. And there is this huge underground facility that they dug out that was uh, purposefully um, sealed by the Catholic Church in mid in. Uh, 1500 something 
Um, there are there are church documents saying uh, we have to block the entrances. There are documents from the Noble Archive uh, in Austria that talk about the, some noble families being in touch with subterranean civilizations. That's fascinating. Who, and and so they dug out this place. Uh, these, was, these documents, I mean, I we can assume are authenticated or legitimate as far as you they are know. they are from they are um according to this archaeology professor heinrich mm. kusch uh he he found them in the uh, noble archive and he was in touch with um the archivist of a church archive um and this archivist um who was also a university professor um he translated um and transcribed many of the uh, medieval church documents where they talk about subterranean civilizations, um, trade being done between subterraneans and and humans, um, the church knowing about all this. And that was in 1500 something. And then they said, and due to the unfortunate events in 1512, 1519, and I don't remember the exact dates now, um, we that are whole now deciding thing, the unfortunate we, Protestant Reformation. <laughs> I mean, if this is church archive, that's probably no, no, no. They said due to these events, uh, we are now we we now seal the entrances to the subterranean world. And and when you wow. look into the when you look into the um, uh, the archives, what happened in those years was, you know, this famous aerial sighting in Nuremberg in Germany and in uh, Basel in uh, Switzerland. And yeah. like you find, especially around this time, 1512, 1500 something, you know, you have a lot of historic reports of UAP sightings over medieval, medieval cities, but not only in Europe. You also have that from South America. Precisely that time, that time from 1500 something. Um, so I'm still investigating this, but I have to say uh, this is an interesting new, uh, new development in terms of this ultra-terrestrial hypothesis. Well, we've got to find the cave. We've got to find the cave. They did. I mean, well, yeah, okay. So this, what they did find is was this underground installation, which is ancient. They they found um, wooden pieces that were dated with the C carbon fourteen method to fifty thousand plus years, which is impossible usually to find this they you have stone tablets carvings with ufos and pyramids and uh apparent uh non-human entities on these stone tablets you have an ancient writing on this that no one can decipher you have um do we know the age of those writings um, well, this uh, stone tablet that I stone tablets that I was referring to was found in the um, Paleolithic horizon. So that is um, Long like the Brady. oldest, the old level of of stuff that they found there. You know, they could date this and that, and then then they found this stone uh, tablet, and that's fifty thousand, sixty thousand years ago, fifty thousand plus years ago. Before before actual Homo sapiens is believed to have been in Europe, frankly. Because uh, um, at fifty, sixty thousand years ago, you still essentially have Neanderthals uh, dominating the European landscape, not not Homo sapiens, as far as and, we and, understand. And and they found ancient ceramic figures, figures there that were buried in this underground installation in a way as if to conserve them 
for future generations. They were not, it's not like they found it like in a cave or so, but they were grouped in circles in the ground under um, lots of mud and stone. And, and they were put there like to, like for us to find them, you know, or for them whole, to find them. This is a whole program here. I mean, what you're describing. Yes, yes. You're we doing... have to go into this one day. Uh, I'm still working on the documentary. People are <laughs> asking me, why, why, why isn't it coming out? Why isn't it coming out? Because I'm still working on it. Because when you go there with a camera and you film it yourself and you crawl around there, you dig it, you have to do a lot of editing and, and transcribing and doing so. Well, I mean, I think everyone, I'm certainly on the edge of my seat, or I'm sure everyone listening is too. I, I mean, photographs, uh, you know, we have camera phones. We can take lots of pictures. Have this been done or video? Uh, carbon-14 dating is in the in the scientific record now. Is that accurate to say? And yeah, what what course. level of work's been done on, on authenticating all of this? Yes, yeah, and, and documenting carbon- it all, like every little artifact. I mean, has all of this been done already, or are they still doing that? They're still doing it, and and interestingly, the official archaeology um, establishment doesn't have any interest in this particular underground. And this is uh, in what, what city, Robert? Kloster Neuburg. Kloster Neuburg is a city. Is the name yeah. of the city near Vienna. So all that I have left in my life is to say thank you very much for supporting Paranormal Blip and. Um, I haven't spoken much about, you know, share it, share it, because your sharing capacities have uh, startled me. Absolutely amazing, the sort of figures in the last couple of weeks. So thank you so much. All I can do is imagine that it's just you guys sharing it with your aunties, saying, auntie, listen to this. I did have a um, correspondence with a couple of people last uh, few weeks. So thank you so much. And um, in fact, let me just see, try and find it on my phone here. Should really be prepared for this, shouldn't I? But there's, um, I got this email from this one guy. I haven't mentioned my email address for a while, actually, but it is um, it's paranormalblip at gmail.com if you do want to email me. And, um, you know, most mostly people don't do that. Mostly people get in contact via uh, Twitter, you know, uh, of course, there's Instagram as well. Twitter, by the way, is at Paranormal Blip. And Instagram, by the way, is... Um, what the hell is it? Oh, yeah, it's um, Paranormal underscore Blipper. No, Paranormal underscore Blip underscore podcast, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, I got this email saying, you know, what about... Well, like, you know, forget about Australia. and They didn't say this, but this is the way I remember it. Forget about Australia and Canada, you know, vying for third place. I am in Colombia. Um, so hello from Colombia. And, you know, love the show, Steve, which is nice. And I and I do have listeners in Colombia, so I can verify that. But the number is so small, it just says minus 1%. It doesn't actually give a... A fraction. <laughs> so I don't know if he's probably is the only listener in Colombia. So if that is you, thank you so much. I mean, you know, I don't just publicly. I do privately. I did private. I emailed the guy back, you know, privately. But, um, yeah, tell your bloody auntie. Tell your Colombian family that we're out here. But thank you. And, um, you know, 
Thank you for everything you do. <laughs> anyway, episode 43 is just around the corner. And see you later.